You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello everyone and welcome to After the Show, episode number 16. This is Sunday, May the 4th. It's very dark outside. Hello Sid Talk. Hello A Scully. <laughs> I like how we are. Formally greet one another, as if we haven't seen each other all day. It's like a feature of the show. Well, hello, Mr. A. Scully. Nice to see you today. It's (laughs) been a while. Okay, so this this week we're going to be looking at the Golden Compass on Blu-ray disc. It's a 2007 movie. It's it was released on DVD last Tuesday on Blu-ray disc (coughs) last Tuesday, uh, April the 29th, and it's also available on DVD. Normal DVD, a two-disc Platinum Series DVD, and a two-disc Platinum Series Blu-ray disc. Which is what we saw today. Yes. It's a New Line Studios, so thanks to them. And Sid Talk's going to give you the synopsis of the movie, which is quite a complicated thing to put into a few words. But It is, go. but <laughs> a young girl is the only one who can read a device called the Golden Compass, or what's the other name of it? I don't know. Thermometer. No. <laughs> Do you Something think that, like that. Is that about what came out? No. You can, if you watch it, you'll know what it the is. The accelerometer. If you've read the books, you'll know what it is. And she's the only one who can read it. And the reason it's important is because in this version of the world, like, it opens telling you that they're all different um, parallel universes and parallel Earths. And on this one, um, they're kind of closed off and controlled by a thing called the Magistrate. Right? Or the magistrate. Those are the, the yeah. government, whatever. They want to control this, the whole population by not letting them know that other planets and other places exist and they don't want anyone to know about this thing called dust or magic or anything like that, I guess. Just in general, want to suppress the population. So this is a true story? It is a true story. Okay. It's live as well, which is like a reality show. That's good. <laughs> and uh, this Golden Compass was made a long time ago. For people to be able to seek out more things in the universes and whatnot. And it's the only one left. And it takes a special person to be able to read it. To know the truth about a situation. Ask it a question. It will tell you the true answer. And this young girl is the one. And she has to go on somewhat of a journey. To, in essence, bring down the magistrate. And we get the, you know, the beginnings of that journey. Okay, so there's a lot going on. So I, was can't, gonna say, I can't really earlier, smush it all. Earlier in there. on, I was trying to think myself of why. And I would if you say really want that. to boil it down to a one sentence plot line, it is a coming of age story. That's it. With magic. Is it stuff. magic? It's uh, uh, it's magical. Yeah, magical. A magical coming of age story available on Blu-ray disc. Yeah, but it doesn't. <laughs> it's not like that though. It's better than that. Okay, so let's start with the movie. How did you I find... I was just talking about... How did you find the movie? You were doing the synopsis. I loved it. I, I was I, completely 100% in the zone from the minute <clears throat> it started. And let us say on the record here that neither of us have read the books or even knew of the book's existence. No, exactly. We're very well-read individuals. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I wouldn't care if I did because I'm not... We've just talked about that, but I don't. I wouldn't care anyway. I think it's... We I just loved it. I loved every minute of it. All now, I loved every minute of it, but I, I felt something was lacking, but I can't put my finger on what it was. I don't know. Well, you're wrong. Mm. 
Well, I'm just, not saying it's bad because I, I actually really enjoyed it. So you need to take that back. So there was nothing missing. So no. Well, to me, yes, because <laughs> I have my own opinion. But when you're wrong, you just got to admit it. I am not. <laughs> so um, I am the magistrate, and you are not entitled to your opinion. So the movie. Was, I loved it. I can't say that enough. Let's let's. All right, then. What did we like? I liked how it looked. It was really, really lush. Like that cover. We yeah. were just talking about the, the Blu-ray disc cover is really lush looking. It's got little carvy, up, you know, embossed bits yeah. and gold swirls. And the movie and was exactly that yes. way. Everything. Lovely. The special effects were... Gorgeous. The only complaint I had mm. in the whole thing. Mm. One thing. Let, let me see if it's the same as me. I'm going to say what it was. Okay. There was a scene where Lyra... <clears throat> is was riding on the back bear. of the bear. Yes. And she obviously wasn't her anymore. She was uh, Lyra, CGI friend. Yes, exactly. Just for a brief she kinda moment. She kind of hokey like. Just for a moment. Yeah, and yeah. Then it's the, enough to like, oh, come on, come on, come on. I had to like move my eyes around the screen. She kind of looked like Spider-Man does in <laughs> Spider-Man when he's flopping around all over the place. Oh, like a rubber doll. Let's not say it's that bad, but yeah. It was pretty bad for a second. But, but it was but brief. It, but funny thing was, sometimes she, it was her and then it was fine. Like, yeah, because from different angles, yeah. I'm assuming it's that in post production they said, "Oh, we need we want a shot of a, like a bird's eye view of this bear running and with then her." And yeah. they didn't have one of her. Probably the bear was fine. The bear always moved beautifully. I thought the bits oh, of his, his butt moved really nice, and his hair all and moved nice. High, he's gorgeous. High definition is this movie really shows that. Yeah, and up. it doesn't show the flaws. That's what I was really worried it's, about because it's really it everything's a CG shot pretty much, isn't it? right? If it's something or other. Is even if it's just the background. And the whole movie has a certain. Excuse me, I'm not yawning because I'm bored. I'm just. <laughs> the whole movie has a certain filter on it that sort of dulls it down, and I don't mean that like dark like um, the barber one that we watched a while back. Sweeney Todd. Todd. Yeah, it was that like... barber one. That's a good. <laughs> I'm not good at the details. I'm just saying it's not like that, but it has a certain look about it. That it's realistic and semi-gritty. It's not dark, but it's not bright and shiny. So that when they do put special effects in, it all blends in. The animals all look, to me, Yeah, let's explain, let's explain the animals. Cause I don't okay, the animals are. That demons. in the story, in this on this planet Earth, which is just another planet Earth sim- similar to ours, in the beginning it explains it. There's a voiceover, kind of like Lord of the Rings, where she says... In some worlds, the soul, the human soul is inside. It's part of you. In our world, in this world, the human soul is represented by an animal that walks beside you. And this is an invisible animal. I mean, oh, no, it's, it's just an animal that talks. That's with But it. not cheeky and cute, precious talking. It's just talking like a... Like, it, in essence, it is you, right? And it's your subconscious. It's your inner voice. It's your... Demon. All that kind of stuff. But it's not demon, D-E-M-O-N. Mm-hmm. Not like a little... Like not evil. like a little... It's no. a daemon, D A E M O N, and the A E is not even real. Again, the guy made it up. But there again, it could be a demon because Cause it's demon. kind of telling of you as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. Ask. It doesn't tell you what to do. No, but I mean, what I mean is, and like, it, your, it kind of gives away things sometimes. And like, it's not necessarily your conscience so much as I'm not fully understanding it. It's not like it doesn't tell you what to do. It doesn't keep you from making the wrong choice because you know different. It's just kind of a companion like your soul. But when, during the story, the big part of the story is that children are going missing and there's evil people, i.e. the magistrate, who are taking children and basically what they want to do to even further suppress the population 
is take the demon away from you. So as a child, they can separate you and the demon just disappears, which is in essence just like real life where the man tries to take your soul away it's just, by making you work it, the grind and like sucks the life out of you. It is that. It's the, um, oh, totally. it's the difference between how children are. See, one of the things in the movie is the children's demons. Mm. Actually, well, let's put it this way. The adult's demons are a particular thing. So, like, James Bond's... <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Craig's um, demon is a tiger, right? Yeah. Leopard or a tiger. Leopard or a tiger. She's very, very a majestic cool-looking cat, animal. big yeah. cat, yeah. And it's a big cat all the time, but kids... Stop, Thomas, by the way. Kids, because they're mischievous. Not except. because they're mischievous. And free-spirited and not... Like adults, as in they've not been compressed over, and they don't know who they are yet. So the kids' demons can morph into anything they want at yeah. any time. They just do it randomly, and it's gorgeous. It looks yeah. fantastic. It is so it can be a bird, and, and then a weasel, and then a yeah. And dog. the main character Lyra, hers is usually a ferret. Yeah, but he often flips into a bird. He becomes a moth. He becomes a cat. You know what I mean? And it's just on the whim. It's not like they explain that in the extras. And I actually thought of this consciously during it. I'm so glad they didn't make it into some sort of process. Like a, a little fly up of the, dust or something. They were saying it was none of that. Light it just something. happened. And there in the beginning, I didn't even know what the hell was going on. I'll be honest. Because I'm like, what? Well, wait. Just a minute ago, he was a ferret. Now he's a bird. Now he's a moth. But then, I, I mean, I'm... Relatively intelligent, like so in I figured too. it out pretty quickly. He, he says something to her about. I see I that your demon isn't, yeah, hasn't isn't settled yet, settled. and that's what they call it, settling. But what these bad people want to do? Settling is basically growing up. That's it. Yes, and giving up all of those various things that parts of who you Imagination. are. Imagination. Yes, and that you settle on one thing, you just stick to it, and that's it. And that's just, I think that's a brilliant observation, and I know that it's probably written through. All ages of time and all kinds of literature. And the guy who even wrote it admitted he reads everything. And so he likes to take things and turn them into other things. And yet I just think it's a really pointed way of visualizing it. I just loved it. I don't so, know if it... I don't know why I was so... I told you. After mowing the yard was like the perfect time for me to watch a movie. Because I was like all like... I don't know. And one of the things for me <laughs> in this movie. And- I loved. And there wasn't enough of it. The airships. Oh, yeah. And at the beginning, when they drive into um, Nicole Kidman's big mansion place, mm-hmm. they're in this cool little steampunk-looking chariot. You say I? steampunk. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good name for it. Well, that's... It's got like some un... It's like Jules Verne, like Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. and Yes. It's old with new. Yeah, the time setting, we should say, is set... Steampunk. I'm sure it's not set in a particular time because I don't. I don't know. I haven't read the book, like I said, but it seems to me like turn of the century, maybe like eight, late 1800s, early 1900s. What we think of in time, but with I mean? like, but with some unexplained power sources that kind of zoom around. Kind of that idea of you know, like from Contact, where they yeah, spin yeah. and spin like and spin in, and that's what's driving things. Yeah, yeah. the the air. The airships have them, and so did that little vehicle that they were in. And, and there wasn't was enough cool. of that. I was waiting to see more. I was, like, fascinated by it. There was a little shot of this little carriage that they're in, travelling. And I, and it kind of zoomed out, and I was like, holy crap, look at that thing. It's cool. It's like a princess's carriage, but with, like... And that kind of thing is done so many ways. Like, when you think of Ella Enchanted. Is that the name of it? Ella Enchanted. The movie. 
I know which one you mean, yeah. Where it combines sort of modern ideas with old-fashioned whatever. I mean, that's done in a different way. But it's always intriguing. Always always intriguing, because you'd like... And this one had, for instance, the cowboy guy on the... Spaceship. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a spaceship. It was a... A flying steam... It was a flying... um, He was an aeronaut. So it was just like a... Flying ship. Two blimps that were carrying a ship kind of thing. An airship kind of thing. Like in... uh, What was the one where Robert De Niro was the gay um, captain of the... (laughs) Don't tell them. They might not know. Oh, what was that? (laughs) It was... uh, Uh, We'll think of it. Stardust. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was was good. Which is another one with airships and things and this kind of fantasy setting. A little bit of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what was missing? We need to go back to that. If all this stuff's so great, then what are you talking I about? I felt there's nothing actually missing, right? But I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, don't. But <laughs> well, it's typical of a trilogy, I guess. The ending feels like I'm ready to watch it now. Like I've, I've, un- I'm understanding the world. I know, now. but you did, weren't watching the ending the whole time. So no, what, that's that, what, what I'm, saying. I'm saying is it felt. When it got to the end, I wanted it to oh, be Oh, well, more... you're just talking about the end. You're not talking no. about the whole movie. No, not all... Eh. Through the movie, you're saying there's something missing that you don't, you can't figure out. What was it? Not missing, then. Let's say... I don't know. It just didn't... I liked it, but it didn't feel like... <laughs> I thought it was oh, like so something like Lord of the Rings or and... Oh, I disagree completely. I just think it felt really... I think maybe it's just because it's... Yeah, maybe it is just the end. Just because it's the start of the journey and it really feels... Yeah, but really you didn't feels... know that. No, I know it. Well, I guess I did. You didn't know that. You didn't know that... I did. And I, I guess don't I did. Really I knew like... there was three books. I'm, I'm a little depressed that we're telling them that it's the beginning of... Because that's kind of a surprise to me. I would like it to be a surprise to everyone else, but whatever. It seems to me like everybody in the world knows those books. Yeah, but they don't know this movie. <laughs> the movie's about the books, right? <laughs> well, obviously not, from what you read, but... So what you're saying is at the very last moment, then you decided something was missing because it didn't... No, it was all the way along. Okay. There was something. That's what I'm trying to get at. I don't know what it is, though, so I can't... And you can't say it's because it's not got famous people in it, which sometimes you don't like, because it's got loads of famous people in it and loads of famous voices. No, I actually like movies better without famous people. That is nice, true. And... No, that is true. It doesn't have... It isn't missing good special effects, and it isn't missing a good story. Because it's brilliant. I think it was a bit misleading that Daniel Craig is starring in it and Nicole Kidman, where Nicole Kidman's part is a little bit bigger. Daniel Craig is nothing. No, he's like... I mean, he might be huge in the scope of the story. Right. But this movie isn't where he shines. It might be in another one. Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't hinge on him at all. He could have been anyone. Yeah, yeah. All I'm thinking is, that's James Bond. (laughs) He's in it for roughly, I'd say, less than ten minutes overall. Yeah, if you smush it all together. So don't go in thinking oh, this is a Daniel Craig movie. Anyway, um, we'll move on to the cast. Moving up, well, conclusion of the of the movie. I really liked it. I'd like to see another one. I hope. Looking at box office on this movie, yeah. it didn't do too well. I'm not sure why. Because people are idiots. Um, but I, I hope that doesn't mean that the other two don't get made. Because I, I want to see what happens. Unfortunately, that was the case, and they still wanted to plot ahead, plot, move ahead. They might cut the budget and then not. it wouldn't look as amazing. Because it really did look good. There were so many animals and so many things going on that... And the... I don't want to spoil anything. No. Well, you okay. go, we already have, but no, let's not spoil I mean, anything else. I mean, I don't want to spoil some... Other stuff. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it won an Academy Award for special effects and I... Deservedly, I think. Oh, I agree. Totally. Um, overall, 
I really liked it. I'd recommend it. I think it'll be better once the other two exist. I'd recommend it to an adult. I'd recommend it to a family. I'd recommend it to anybody. Kids. Old people. Kids will love like, it, I think. Old people and children. They'd all love it. Okay, moving on to the cast. We have Dakota Blue Richards as Lycra. <laughs> Those are stretchy pants. <laughs> this was a girl. It no. feels a bit like deja vu. Lyra, which is a very fantasy-oriented name, I think. But yeah, she was very good, excellent, and she was very British. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Seriously, that she's just one of those. Well, she's British. Typical. <laughs> Other degrees really British? are the varying degrees of Britishness. <gasps> oh, is that what you're saying? Like maybe she's putting on a bit of the Britishness. Well, anyway, she's one of those kids, like in the Narnia movies, Sweeney Todd movie, or any movie what involves... Harry Potter. Yeah, anybody who talks like that. Not specifically British. You know, movie star British or something. And isn't that how British kids sound? Not really, no. Ah. You're saying <clears throat> they're acting? <gasps> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, we also have Ben Watt. She was really good, by the way. Did we say that? Yeah, she was really good. Really she's, good. She's a newcomer. Brand new. And never she done carries the movie. the movie. She's in totally. every scene in the movie. Every single thing. And she looks... She's just... Like a little kid. Cool. Um, she, how old is she? Don't know. She looks like she's about 13. She's probably 18, but... No, she's not. She's a kid. Um, then there's Ben Walker and Charlie Rowe, who uh, play her friends. Right. Friends who get kidnapped. Little chimney sweep kids. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that type of thing, isn't it? They're just kind of scruffy with some dirt on their cheeks. and Yeah. But they're good. They Their parts aren't big, but the way they play them, I think, makes a difference. It makes them very important to you and to her, and I think they did an excellent job. They're, yeah, they're just British kids. Ah, uh, there you go again. What is your problem? Well, they- you were, I hate to break this to you, <clears throat> you were a British kid? Yeah, I was also a chimney sweep. <laughs> Did you talk like that, governor? Aye, governor. Give a couple of bob for a pie, governor. That's not how they talk, though. Is that what you hear? Because that's not what I hear. That's what I hear. (laughs) They all sound like that. (laughs) They don't. They all sound fine. Do an American. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Americans are used to Harry Potter kids, and but no, when you go to England, the fake British kid, fake British kids. Yeah, exactly. Um, Then we've got Eva Green, a lovely French lady. Who plays a flying witch? She is so French, and she's very looped. She's fine, but she could have been anyone. She's very. I thought she was the lady from Anton Deck at first. Uh huh. Kirsty Gallagher. Yes, Kirsty Gallagher. Gal- Kirsty Gallagher. Yeah, but she could have been any of those generic, dark-headed, cutesy women. You know, like could have been the chick from Pearl Harbor, or it could have been. You know what I mean? Those dark-headed. They all kind of blur together. The chick from Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Australian lady. Is she Australian? Don't know. She was also in that black water. Dark water. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that black water. Yeah. <laughs> it's Japanese. Yeah, she's she's good. She's Jennifer Connolly. Alright. She's not in this movie. I'm just saying that character that Eva Green played, she could have been any of those kind of women. No offense, Eva. I know you're no, listening. No, Eva was right. She was good. I liked her. Um Nicole Kidman? Hmm. I'm neutral. She was fine, but heavy on the Kidman. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? 
It means when she walks into a scene, she is Nicole Kidman, and until she proves otherwise, she is Nicole Kidman. Yeah, but what's wrong with being Nicole Kidman? She's being a character in a movie, and herself overpowers that every single time except... But you don't know her. True. <laughs> Question. Um, the persona of Eddie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I think she's all right, and she has a couple of moments where she gives some really serious, composed, and evil looks and gestures and things. I think are really good. I think she really did a good job on that. But I just she's just overly. And does she remind? Do you think she's a bit of a diva? I don't know her. Do I? You've pointed that out to me. I mean, possibly though. Is that what you? <laughs> is that what you're getting at? I feel like maybe, but I don't know yeah. her. I don't watch E-Hollywood News. I don't know what she's like. I just feel, from the movies I've seen, she's got a bit... I like her. Of, I know you don't like her. You like looking at her. You like looking at her little boobies. <laughs> she hasn't got much in the way of boobies, has she really? <laughs> no, but that's good. I like the... She's the pretty... I like her face. She's chiseled or something. The other thing is, though, she's not stunningly beautiful, beautiful. She's very balanced. She's a handsome looking woman. She's lovely. (laughs) I think that has a whole different meaning. (laughs) But she was alright. I mean, I think it could have been again, somebody else and it wouldn't have made a difference. She's also in this movie with her friend from the invasion. Mm -hmm. Mr. Daniel Bond, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Is that his new morphed name? Yeah, Yeah, he doesn't wear his uh, underpants in this one though, He's mainly clothed. What? In what? <laughs> you know, them swimming trunks that he comes out of the Oh, seat. those, yeah. I thought you were talking... I thought you did know him personally, and you were kind of crossing over the line there. Um, no. Daniel Craig, fine. But, what do you think? It, he's handsome. He is a movie star. He's a name that would might attract people to this movie. That's yeah, it. Yeah. He doesn't... He's in it for ten minutes. Or less. So, he doesn't really have anything to do in it so much. I believe he will have something to do in it in the next one. Yeah, and the character they plays as this uncle. He's a pivotal character. There's something heavy duty about him, and so I think Daniel Craig could pull that off. But in this particular installment, he doesn't need to do anything. And if you're thinking, "Oh, Daniel Craig, I love him," then I think he has the best demon, though. I disagree. I like the look of his demon. She's quite dignified, tiger lady, woman. Was it a tiger? Was it a puma? I don't know. It was a cat of some description. Big cat, yeah. One that might eat you. Yeah. Um, so, then we've also got Sam Elliott. Yep. Oh. Got Sam Elliott in there. Yep. Spitting and wearing a hat. Is that Billy Bob? Yep. <laughs> no, that's Sam Elliott. That's my Sam Elliott. He plays a cowboy again. Heavy on mm. the Elliott. Okay? It's Sam Elliott. Oh, yeah, he plays a cowboy. He spits. He's got a mustache. He... He stamps this part with himself. Yeah, he's good. Solid. <laughs> he fits a certain kind of character and he's perfectly appropriate. So Now, the other... That's pretty much the best of the cast. But The, the human other, cast. Yeah, the other parts <laughs> of the cast are the voices of the demons. And animals. So we've got Freddie Highmore, which is the young boy. He looks like a chimney sweep boy as well. He's not in it. Just no, but he's the boy from April Rush and from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie Correct. from Ch- well, from the new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Correct. Um, <laughs> if he was from the other one, he'd be about forty-five five, years old, <laughs> seventy-five years old, more like. Um, you got Ian McKellen as the bear voice. Yeah, he is Gandalf as a bear. Yes, I mean, is is he delivers it like Gandalf would? 
He's, he's, he's very booming. And, uh, but I liked it. I mean, I like, you know, it's rough and... I mean, it's cool to have Ian McKellen. He's very... Again, another name-dropping kind of name that you can yeah. say if you love Ian McKellen. He does have a bigger part in the movie, for sure. His character, the bear guy, is if, huge. I mean, in terms of story and in character, but... If you have, like, an epic movie nowadays, though, like this, and you want a voiceover guy, Ian McKellen seems to be, like... Not Ian McKellen again. Like, mm. Yeah, kind of. But we also had Count Dooku. Yeah, we forgot to mention yeah Dooku's him. in this as well. <laughs> as a human. Yeah, he is. Briefly. We Very will give him his real name, Christopher Lee. Yeah, Christopher Lee. <laughs> Dracula, to a lot of people. He's The eye. He's great. I mean, not the eye, but the other guy. The bad guy from Lord of the Rings. Sauron. Yes. No. Sauron. He played the wizard guy. He did. He wasn't Sauron, was he? Sauron was the eye thing in the right. tower, right? But the other wizard who was the bad wizard. He was in Lord of the Rings. He was Count Dooku in Lord of the Rings, basically. Count Dooku, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was good in this. He was in it for... One minute at the most? I guess if you're talking big, epic British dudes, that they're the ones to get. Yeah, and other voices we have... We've got James Bond, Gandalf, and that Dooku. guy, Dooku, my god. And we've got Kristen's, or Kirsten Scott Thomas as the voice of the lovely little uh, the, furry not cat. Not little, yeah, big cat. the big cat that... Walks beside Daniel um, Craig. She's a nice British lady. She's very... Uh, Didn't have to be her, though. Could have been anybody. Could You wouldn't have known it was her unless she was told. Um, Kathy Bates, exactly the same story. You wouldn't know because her voice isn't distinctive at all. And she's the jackrabbit. Uh, these are all the same thing, though. If we go back and watch it and listen, we'll be like, Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's Kathy and Bates. And Ian McShane, the, sh- the Deadwood... Um, Swenger. Swenger. That guy. Cacksucker. Cacksucking 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 motherfuckers. Oh, I thought we were going to avoid that this week. Oh, we... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, you said that. We never said you that. You said the F word. Cock-sucking motherfuckers. Oh, my. Okay, so Ian McShane is the king, the bear king, and he's an asshole. Yeah. Which is perfect, because that's generally what he plays. Um, and neither of us knew it was Ian McShane, so there no, you go. No, but when I did see it was him, I was like, wow, that's cool. Uh, Christopher Weist is the director. Now... Weist? His brother directed Paul? American Pie... And he was an uncredited director of American Pie. He also wrote and directed About a Boy, the Hugh Grant movie. And this one. He wrote and directed this one, yeah. He wrote yeah. the screenplay. And he looks like Superman. I think he looks like Christopher Reeves. He has a certain uh, thing about him. Christopher Reeves is dead. I understand that. Looks like he did. At okay. all, any stage of his life, he has a certain quality about him. And uh, I like him. I liked his style. I liked the way it looked. I loved the way it... It wasn't always just a standard epic looking thing. It had, you know, had some personality. It did. Um, I think he got out of everybody, even including CGI. He seemed to everything. be into it from yes. what we saw of him. He loved the books, yeah. he, you know, so I think he did a fine job. I'd like to see something else. He's quite varied when you think about, when you look at his short list of stuff he's done. Yeah. And definitely. American Pie to this, but then so does Peter Jackson. So there you go. Do you like American Pie? Out of interest. Uh, I've never seen it. Really? So, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I've seen them more and more. I've seen all of them. I don't think I want to know what you're going to say. I didn't like them at first. But the last one, American Wedding, I've seen it, I'd say I've seen it ten times. I actually grown to like it. Oh, dear. 
That's called brainwashing, right? Mm-hmm. If you see anything enough, you're going to like it. I mean, a film, a film where somebody fucks a pie. How can you not like that? <laughs> uh, so moving on to the extras. Uh, this is a two-disc platinum series Golden Compass edition. Yes, it is. It uh, comes with this nice... The nice cover. I'm demonstrating nice cover. this, which you, none you, of you people can I'll see. i describe it to you, okay? There's a golden box cover, and in the middle is the picture of a golden compass. A the inside, case. Yes, it's a slipcase. And it has, like, embossed swirls and gold things all over it, and it's quite nice. And then you slip it off, and the back's got a picture on it. And, and you, you slip it off, and it's a Blu-ray box with the picture of the armored bear and the girl. So you get two uh, covers, basically. Two, two. Two covers for the prize of one. It's a dealer set, everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Um, moving on to the extras, we you get a bunch of extras on this one. You get an enhanced visual commentary. That's a good one, actually, now that I think about it. You want to... I will describe it. Are you asking me to describe yes. it? Yes. From my own perspective? Yes. With my own words? It is. You're watching the movie, and you get a box down the corner. It is either the director talking and explaining to you what you're seeing... Or in that frame, you will be seeing images of behind the scenes with the director talking over, explaining how they do things. And it's quite good. And I have a feeling, as we watch through the extras, you're seeing a lot of clips from extras stuck in there as well. Yeah, it might be repeat yes. viewings. So, but I think it's actually the best way to gather up information about the making of the movie. I mean, the extras are good, but that one I think is really good. And it plays over the full high-definition version of the movie, and the extras are in high-definition too, just yes. to add yeah. on the Blu-ray disc. Um, there's also an audio commentary that's separate from the visual commentary. It's not just him talking? I mean, it's not just that version. We didn't listen to it, so... It says that it's different. It says enhanced visual commentary and audio commentary. So right. We check them both out. We yeah, just I have a strong one. feeling the audio might just be that what he's talking. Okay, so moving over to disc two because it's a two disker and uh, the disc look like the golden. The disc compass. is gold. Well, you know, it's not made out of gold, but they've got a gold front and they look like a compass. So um, you get two and a half hours of thrilling special features. Does it I say, say thrilling? Th- yeah, it actually says thrilling. Okay, so uh, you first you well, there's a bunch of documentaries on this second disc, and that's essentially what it is: documentaries and galleries, right? There's the origins origins section of the disc, which is a documentary about the novel, one about the adaptation, and one about Oxford. They're all pretty well produced. They yeah. give you a lot of information. Lots spe- of information, especially about the guy who wrote the book, which I was most interested in. Actually. He tells you about his process of writing the book. From the very first moment that he started? He made it up. (laughs) (laughs) He made it all up. (laughs) Um, And then there's the behind the scenes, which is the finding Lyra. The costumes, obligatory costumes. The music. All well and good. So what are those about? How they made the clothes and how they made the music. Which is fine. And the production design. Yeah, and you get stuff about the movie in there. But it, they're, and I understand they're trying to set up, you know, DVD authors and people at their studios who are making DVDs are saying, we need a format here, so what do we want? We want to give them this, 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 and this for sure. Like a bullet list, you know? And they give you everything on this one. Yeah. Um, including the launch, which is like a look at the premiere of Red the movie. Red carpet Which thing. is kind of getting to be something that we always see now again. Yeah. Um, then you've got the Lyra's World section of featurettes, which 
deal with the demons, which was cool, showing you how they made with the company Rhythm and Hughes, who did all the special effects. Special effects. Uh, there's a part about the oh, alethiometer. I don't know how you say it. Alethiometer. And a part about the armored bears. The alethiometer is the golden compass. Yeah. It's not actually the golden compass, is it, at all? It's the alethiometer. Right, but he didn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. The author didn't care that no. they call it the golden compass. Um, and that's it, really. But that's not saying there's only a little bit. Yeah, there's, there's a, a galleries lot. as well. A lot of galleries uh, with pictures Still that you images. can flip through. I mean, it's substantial. And if you love the movie, you're going to love the extras. Let me just say, it's substantial, but standard. Yeah. It's all in high definition. Except for the part with the author, because I love to know from original book authors what they think about movies, and not that he's going to sit there and go, I think it really sucks and it's really horrible, like they're really going to show that, but I mean, that is a good one. And here's a note to to DVD authors. So, you've got a great movie here based on a really cool book, as far as I understand. Why not throw in a copy of the book? And put it in a I nice agree. box, and uh, then that can be a two-disc platinum edition. Yeah, if you're charging ten extra bucks. Because this Blu-ray disc is $31. How about this? How about this? How about a digital copy of the book? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that would work. You wouldn't have to throw a whole book in there. Just a PDF? Maybe put it in the first ten pages. <laughs> yeah. People could read it and go, hey. I want you know, anything that has to do with the book. Would yeah, be I've, they have done that before in the past. Give you some section of a book in PDF, but never the full. Yeah, but yeah, well, how about, like you say, uh, an Amazon uh, certificate for $5 off the book? Or somewhere. I mean, I don't like that crossbreeding advertising stuff, but anything to kind of boost up the Because I'd be interested in the books uh, if I could have them for free but then again it just occurred to me what if they think mm, we don't want people to read the book and watch the movie because they're going to love the book and hate the movie yeah maybe because people aren't very you know they're kind of dim in that regard um, and one of the other things I want to mention before we go off the movie is um, picture quality and sound both really pristine and it's DTS sound which to me sounds better than Dolby Digital and I wish they'd put it on more discs but it, I think Spielberg has to what particularly did you like about the sound? What stands out, though, in a movie like that? In this movie in particular, the airships. Mm. Like? Um, they just sounded like they when were the really in... coming over your head. Not... To me, it's the bass. The bass is just incredibly strong. It feels like your seat is shaking. And that is... If a big object was... With a big, massive engine was floating above your head, that's what it would feel like. Right? Yeah. And if... A, you know, in movies where you see a train going down a track and you feel the train rather than just... You know, if you watch it on your normal TV, it, you just see a train going past. But when you've got your surround sound system cranked, you feel a train go past. Don't you think then that would apply to most movies? If you've got a surround sound with your movie, with the sound It cranked? would, but DTS seems to carry the bass better. Mm. I don't know what it is, but... You've noticed this. I've noticed this over... Yeah, Gladiator's a prime example. The Gladiator DVD has a DTS and a Dolby Digital soundtrack. I've watched it with both of them, and the DTS one's a lot bassier. Don't know why, it just is. I do have to say, too, individual sounds I actually noticed, like the bear's paw in the snow and her taking steps and the little tippity-tap of the feet of her little demon guy. All of it was really pronounced and, you know, and in sync, and you don't always get that. People don't look very close, I don't think, sometimes. You might see somebody walking through the snow, and the sound effects go along, 
and your mind is so busy on other things, you don't realize the footsteps don't match the footsteps always. Yeah. Even in top quality movies. Now, I was actually watching for that because I noticed the big paw smashing down in the snow and stuff. And it all was sounded was, really good. Yeah, sound was a stunt. Like, it won a, an Oscar for visual effects. But I'm surprised sound didn't get it as well because it was pretty... Quite good. Stunning, I think. A whole we- experience. It encompasses you. <gasps> ah. <laughs> okay, so overall, I would suggest watching it. Yeah, definitely. Anybody, 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 anybody. And the Blu-ray disc is definitely the fi- a fine presentation. You get, you know, it looks beautiful. Agreed. But I can't imagine it looking bad mm. on a DVD. Well, it probably could if you went to our dollar cinema. Or even our no, full I mean, price cinema. On regular DVD, yeah. On yeah, yeah. our town, maybe. But, yeah. I mean, on DVD. No, it was good. And I recommend you definitely see it, at least. And if you... I've heard from people, friends, acquaintances, that the book... If you've read the book, the movie is absolutely horrible. Um, Consider the source. If they love the book so much that <clears> they're clouded in their judgment, that it's not a fair... It's not a fair review of the movie. Yeah, but I say, if you, even if you have read the book, check it out. I mean, I can't really comment. Yeah, just separate it, you separate, know? Separate, yeah. It's separate. a different thing, and it might... Put... Lift and separate. Liv- Speaking of that... Okay, so moving on to our contest. Oh, I just want to say thanks to New Line for sending us this yes. Blu-ray disc. Uh, moving on to the contest, we've got The Savages, which is a Oscar-nominated movie from last year. Starring Philip Seymour Hoffman and Laura Linney. Um, and Philip Seymour Hoffman being the god of acting that he is. <laughs> oh my word. Uh, well, you can't disagree, can you? He's good. It's your opinion. How can I disagree Owning with your Mahoney. opinion? <laughs> owning Mahoney. Did that just occur to you? Yes. Ah, There's a movie. Uh, that's my pick for this. I always give you a, a little recommendation for another movie you should see. Owning Mahoney. I 100% agree with that. Um... It's yeah. starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's, it didn't just it's, pop into your head. If you've not seen it, it's a must. Yes. It's good. Um, I nearly gave away the answer. You did? <laughs> okay, so the question is, in which movie does Philip Seymour Hoffman sniff gasoline? And what do you want to do if you want to win that one of those two DVDs of The Savages? If I want those, I'm just going to go over in that closet and get them. If someone else wants to win one, they're going to have to email ascully at ascully.com. And in the subject line, put podcast contest savages. And then we, you could win one of those magnificent prizes. <laughs> magnificent. Magnificent. Have you seen the movie? No. Mm. I haven't either. I'm just saying how can you it as magnificent? It's got Philip in it. Okay, so moving on to games. What game have you been playing on the toilet recently? (laughs) (laughs) So we should call this my toilet game section. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, as recently as about 15 minutes ago, I started playing, as per your instructions last week, a game that you gave me called Lex Luthor? No, no. Luxor. Yes. Ancient Tomb of the Pharaoh's Bladder. Something rather. Something. Yeah, I didn't read anything to do with it. I just went straight to the gameplay. And it is Zuma without a frog. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Zuma? Colored balls. 
colored balls that you've got a little scooty thing at the bottom that you slide back and forth and you shoot. I don't know what it is. You shoot the balls <laughs> out and you have to, as the balls are snaking along some, you know, interesting little route. It's kind of Aztec-y and stuff, you know, a little theme. Same as the other one, mm-hmm. the frog one. And Zuma. you shoot the balls to make groups of three, or if you have a group of more than three, then you shoot a ball of the similar of the same color at that group. They dissolve. What you're trying to do is get rid of all the balls before they make it to their horrible end in some little cavey hole thing. So it's pretty straightforward. It's very straightforward, but it's quite but it's addictive. addictive. Yeah, I, highly I, addictive. I personally have played it on the Xbox 360 on the ar- arcade, and. Um, I was quite addicted myself. You mean you have kept this game for me when we have a nine foot across screen downstairs on the wall that I could be just, playing this it, game on? It was just a Is demo. that what you're saying? It was just a demo. But are you saying that I could be playing it on a big screen? You so could, but you'd have to play the same one level over and over again. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Unless you purchased for about $15. And I won't be crapping downstairs in the theater room, so whatever. Okay, so... That's my game for the week. What are you playing, Mr. Hayes? Iron Man. Iron Man. The movie game. What else are you playing? Just Iron Man. Oh. Funny, I've been hearing lots of shooting and Russian accent. Oh, non-Russian oh, okay. accents. Okay, I played Iron Man for all of three minutes, and then Tuesday, forty hours. Tuesday came around, and Grand Theft Auto Four arrived. Woo! Okay, so you sat and experienced the first hour with me, didn't you? So, what did you think? I experienced all with you but not sitting next to you. Not the 40 hours worth. <laughs> no. Uh, I, by the way, I'm 40 hours in. I am about 48% complete. Oh, really? You're halfway? Yeah. But you do it... What did I think? That was your first question. Um, there's killing and criminals and a guy with an Eastern European What did you think of the introduction? The introduction. How it was presented? You mean like the opening credits? The Similar opening to a sequence? Movie? The opening sequence introducing the main character... All very movie-esque. I think that the gentlemen and ladies who make the game obviously are a crossover kind of team. They want... It's the all... You know, it's broader than just the opening of a game, I think. Yeah. And um, pretty much within the first hour, what I saw you do was watch a lot of TV. <laughs> TV commercials. Ricky Gervais on TV. I didn't see you commit any crimes in no. that first hour. Oh, oh, this. We met Roman, his cousin, who's kind of a loser. He's a big talker. He, like, kind of got your, what's his name? Nico? Yep. To America on the promise of, like, grandeur and money. Yeah. And yeah um, after that, here's what I've seen. You've okay. screwed a hooker. Yeah. Or more than one. You've done it with some chicks who I only hear the, you know. Oh, Nico. Exactly. Say something interesting to me. (laughs) And that equals sex, by the way. Uh, And isn't that what we all say, really, Mm. to our Eastern European men? Probably. (laughs) I wouldn't know. Say something in Eastern European. I wouldn't know. I have a Western European man. (laughs) Oh, but I... Never mind. Uh, So I think it's... uh, It is what it is. I think it looks amazing, and I it love that you love it, and so that's what I love about it. It is. It's more than a... It's, there's so much to do in it. This detail, I think, is the... Uh, Word. You walk around the city, you feel like you're in a city. Do you go straight for the missions? Like, you just want to plow through the game? No, I don't at all, no. I just want to uh, soak in the city. In fact, for the first few... 
20 minutes I just wandered around remember I bought a hot dog I walked down the back alleys I had to look around I got run over by a car the first time I stepped out into the road a car hit me and the new physics showed that you get knocked over I do notice from watching you it seems a little more harder than it was like it's easier to get run over it's easier for cars to crash into you it's harder to kill people well, uh, it's a little bit harder. You can't just break into things. You have to. It's like mini games where you have not a mini game, but a, a skill yeah, you have to acquire. There's a hot wiring mini game, where right? You're a car, yeah. You can't just steal. You can't just get in and go. Stuff like that makes it seem a little bit harder and a little more time consuming. Yeah, it's see they've really fixed the shooting system. Um, it used to be really awkward, but now it's like you can get cover behind things. You can shoot round corners. You could never do that before. You were always kind of just. Ah, I'm going to get shot running around in the open spaces. Now you can duck down behind something and shoot over the top. You know, it's they've fixed all that stuff. Have you died a lot? Yes. Now, it, it's really relatively easy. I'd say for the first ten hours, you won't die. Unless you go out asking for trouble. But if you're just doing the missions for ten hours. Most of the missions are just... Um, Go and pick up somebody from here and drive them back. They they to get you used to driving. Go uh, and you know pick somebody up or go and steal a car. It's just all tutorially type of stuff. Muscle some money out of some yeah, and then I'll show you how to like use the the punching mechanics, and then eventually they'll give you a gun. Then there's a mission where you do have to go and kill a bunch of drug dealers in an apartment. So you're saying it's ten hours of training. Yeah, really. <laughs> it is. Um, Genius. But the story's unfolding during that training. And then after about ten hours, the shit is the fan kind of. And then it gets hard. Um, harder. I started to die a bit then. But um, <laughs> but would that be relative <clears throat> to, like, you don't do the mission, 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 mission. You do a lot of wandering around and a lot of side things and a lot of achievement hunting. You know? Like, yeah, I like to... Uh, GTA games are special to me, so I like to actually complete them properly, you know? Yeah, you're not like that with every game. No, but I love this game. I am like that with some games. Not like every game, Gears no. of War. I, I think it's the, the tail end of games, because you want to prolong them. Then you go back and start doing the completion thing, because you're not a completion freak. But with these games, and I've noticed kind of progressively more and more, this is the one... More than any of the others. Because the other ones, you, you say you're going to go slow, but then you get a little excited and you yeah. just sort of plow through it. And then you're like, oh crap. You go back and find all the packages. You go back and do all the stuff. But this one, you're actually really... You said the other night, for over an hour, just watching TV commercials. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and that was it. Like, Because I want to experience the And you go thing. into the club every it. day and sit through the 15 or 20 minute routines that they have with the magician and stuff. Yeah. Like, And you just kick your feet up and watch it. You're not in a hurry to move on from it. So... This time it's like you're really plodding yeah, through. I definitely want to, um, it's a last. Because who knows when the next, well, downloadable content on the 360 in uh, winter. Is, you, is your life so barren that this game is the only thing that gives you joy? <laughs> well, it's... Oh, you should have said no what immediately. I, what oh, I'm saying never is, mind, you screwed it up. What never I'm saying mind. is there is no <laughs> game as big as this coming for a while. Yeah, game. What about life? What about wife? I'm talking about games. What about this game? is the game section what of the What about life? This is the game. Okay, then we're going to have the wife section next. Okay. So, um... <laughs> What's the most recent wife you've been living so with? So I would say GTA, buy GTA, uh, $60, easily worth it. It should be $120, and that'd be fine. It should not be for children. 
No. If you have children, show it to children, buy it for children, allow children to play it or hear it or see it in your home, and I mean children up to the age of 17. Now, if if you're offended by content such as, I took a prostitute down a back alley, I paid her $70, she started to have sex with me, and then she yelled, fuck my titties. (laughs) If you're offended by that, or you think your children shouldn't hear that, then no. You shouldn't have it. And if you don't think your children shouldn't hear that, (laughs) then something is terribly (laughs) wrong with you. Yeah. So, So, yeah, it is definitely adult. Well, it's M-rated for a reason. Exactly. It's not for kids. Um, Don't even give it to an 18-year-old brother. 18-year-old's fine, because they can go go fight in a war, they can play GTA. But before that, no. You know what I'm saying? No, 18's fine. So, Austin, you would give it to him when he's 18? If he's 18, he's an adult legally, he can make his own choices. No, I think he's 21. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well... I, I, you know, we, we let him play bully the other day. And you let him play bully, not me. Bully's not nothing yeah. like GTA. What you're doing is grooming him yeah, to exactly. be a GTA. <laughs> bully is the um, the start of G. You know, it's, it's the same intro. game. It's the same game. It's just not as controversial. No prostitutes or killing. Just you know, school, or the F school word. stuff. Yeah. Um, he actually so, said, when we were driving down the road the, to the college the other day, yesterday to the graduation. This is our nephew we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's 11. 11. He went with me to my niece, who's 22, graduating from college. We were driving past in, like, kind of the college, university-looking buildings. He goes, hey, that was like bully. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's, he's <laughs> learning. Because I had big letters on the side of the building, you know, for the name of the college, you know. There you go. So, I would recommend GTA if you're a PS3 owner or a 360 owner, both. Whatever your friend, I think, my personal opinion is, and they kind of mentioned this on the CADcast, and I 100% agree, it doesn't matter which one you get, whatever your friends are playing on, yeah. because of the multiplayer thing that you haven't You know what, yet. I haven't really played the multiplayer yet. You don't want to, though, until you're done. No, because I don't want to see anything that... Or have some dickhead say something that you don't want to hear. Yeah, some dickhead will probably tell me the end of the game before I do it. They have to kill him! <laughs> yeah, it would ruin it completely, wouldn't it? It'd be horrible. So, no, I'm staying away I from say that. get the one that your friends have. So I go to 360 because all my friends are on live and we'll be able to play some uh, multiplayer when it, when I get to the end of it in another week, probably. Um, so that's the end of the podcast. We You can subscribe to this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or you can... Just go to the website and listen to it Go to the live. website and listen to it, or... Or you can come to our house next Sunday and listen to it live. Live. Or check the RSS feed. <laughs> well, you don't want them all around our house, do we, really? Not really. Or you can check the RSS feed and subscribe to it in any of your ch- any podcatcher of your choice. I use Juice, by the way. Um, you have a website, sidtalk.com, C-I-D-talk.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have a website, com, And you have a podcast as well, right? Yeah. So far, three episodes. First one is an interview with my that 11-year-old nephew who's playing Bully, who we talk about Star Wars. The other two are just me talking about whatever comes to my mind. And uh, then on my site, there will be others later. And... I still blame you for me not doing them, so that's your fault. That's nothing to do with me. <laughs> You've got all the equipment to do it. I do. Um, so I would like to say, stay classy James Bond's underpants. Oh, and I'd like to say, remember, kids better think for yourself because in this world someone else will come along and do it for you and don't play gta unless you're 21 18